AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Okay, okay. It was a short business week, I get it, but there are plenty of issues for this week's free-for-all. Debt ceiling, WOTUS, crop tours, classified documents, a change in the weather pattern, interest rates, and even more than a hint at a new entry into the 2024 presidential race. Live from the race to the weekend via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk This Morning, it's a Friday for Reaper Ho! Panelists Jim Wiesmeyer and Mark Recker, and I'll be looking on as well. Right after the news, <laughs> Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis, is it too soon to be talking about the 2024 presidential race? <laughs> I, I knew that would be a, a topic right at the top of the list for you, Davis. I knew it would be. Uh-huh. Are you okay? You okay? Yeah. Did I bum you out completely? I'll be fine. I'll be okay. fine. I Welcome mean, the to AgriTalk. The, the election is only like almost it's just, just just short of two years away, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Today is January 20th. Two uh-huh. years from oh, today, won't we be yeah. inaugurating a, a president again? Or a a yep. new or again, I guess. I don't know what to say there. We'll be, we'll be inaugurating, inaugurating the president. Someone. someone. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's I can right. hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Uh, we got Wiesmeyer back on today. That's going to be awesome conversation. We've already checked in with him. Everything is all systems go with Jim, so no getting rid of him. And Wrecker. Wrecker's yeah. back. This will be great. Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to the conversation with Mark Wrecker today. So, um, let's go ahead and get started. We've got a lot of news to get to. What you got? Well, Chip, farm lending activity continued to gradually increase along with further growth in loan sizes. The Kansas City Federal Reserve says the average size of non-real estate farm loans was about 20% higher than a year ago and drove an increase in lending volumes for the fourth straight quarter. Average interest rates on farm loans rose sharply alongside higher benchmark rates, and reached a 10-year high, putting additional upward pressure on financing costs. Chip? Okay, so right there shows you the minimum inflation on farm inputs for the year ahead, 20%. Because yep. we had really good revenues in 2022, maybe we're taking a bigger bite out of those revenues to use for the next crop year than what they normally have. So, I mean, it's a minimum 20% inflation on, on the inputs. Well, and here's the other side of the coin. The Chicago Fed says after a strong year in the district, agricultural income will be lower in 2023, but Mm -hmm. still will be uh, see solid returns. The St. Louis branch says inflation-adjusted farm incomes are near a 50-year high, leading to optimism for this year despite rising inputs costs. The Minneapolis Fed says ag conditions were stable as farm incomes and working capital remained strong heading into 2023. You know, I I agree with the call that farm revenues are still going to be strong in 2023, but 
there, there's a greater opportunity to let that get away from you than what there was mm. in 2022 because mm-hmm. of the high operating costs. So when you can lock things in at a, at, at, at a satisfactory, I know you should mm-hmm. never be satisfied, but at a satisfactory return, go ahead and lock it in. Yeah, satisfactory would do. <laughs> at this point, yeah. National Cattlemen's Beef Association President-elect Todd Wilkinson released a statement on USDA's proposed rule on electronic identification for transporting cattle over state lines, saying, quote, any program must allow maximum flexibility and privacy while minimizing costs for producers and any industry disruptions. NCBA also says foot and mouth disease outbreaks around the world continue to result in disruptions to commerce and depopulate livestock. Yeah, that's a good uh, good excuse to go ahead and promote yesterday's uh, yesterday morning show and the conversation that we had with Ethan Lane from NCBA about the those animal IDs. After clearing the House twice, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act stalled in the Senate during the 117th Congress. Dan Newhouse, chair of the Western Caucus and a Republican representative from Washington State, who was a key sponsor of the bill, says his office is working on a strategy to reintroduce legislation. What's it going to look like, this Congress? Uh, How do we best move forward? The crisis is just as great as it was a month ago. Uh, And so the need for having relief as it relates to agricultural labor is, is great. And we have to take action. The American Farm Bureau Federation has come out in opposition of that legislation. AFBF President Zippy Duval says the proposal does not go far enough for the farming community. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced his agency is expanding efforts to reduce the risk of wildfires in the western U.S. Funds will be invested to directly protect at-risk communities and critical infrastructure in 11 additional landscapes in Arizona, California, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. Chip liquid natural gas prices are down sharply after a much milder than expected winter in Europe with Asian LNG spot prices off nearly 67% from record highs reached last August. But according to the Wall Street Journal, Europe's struggle to shift toward clean energy and replace lost Russian supplies will be a multi-year battle. And China's reopening means Asian demand should remain strong, too, even if global trade weakens, Chip. Huh? Replacing... Our, our traditional energy supplies with with green energy supplies will will, will take multi years. Oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> and finally, U.S. officials say they plan to send nearly 100 striker combat vehicles as part of a roughly 2.5 billion dollar shipment of arms and equipments to Ukraine, following uh, marking the 30th drawdown from Defense Department stocks since the war began. Chip. All right, good work, Davis. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Jennifer Scheich, editor, Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. All right. So I was really intrigued by your story about how the show pigs uh, that were that were stolen at the National Western Stock Show. What's the update there? Well, it was just a crazy story. You know, we've been seeing more and more reports of trucks and, and sometimes trucks with trailers attached being stolen from some of these livestock shows. And um, but this time there were two pigs that were on the trailer. A family from Washington came and they they had a night at a hotel before they could go check their pigs in the next morning. And somebody took off with the um, 2000 Ford F-350 and their 2003 stock trailer along with these two pigs. And so um, long story short, they found the pigs about 
I guess it was, you know, we don't know, 48 to 52 hours later, about 10 miles away from the hotel, just, the you know, abandoned. And yeah. uh, the pigs were obviously hungry and thirsty, but they were able to get into the show. Okay. Um, they found them Tuesday morning and they showed on Wednesday, I believe. And um, they got that Duroc back and he ended up getting third overall um, Duroc oh. Barrow at the National Western Stock Show, which is a huge accomplishment. Oh, my gosh. Long yeah. after what they'd been through. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, don't, the, the people, that, the crooks that took the truck in the trailer probably looked in that trailer at some point and said, are you kidding me? We got the oh, pigs, I'm too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine but, what they thought. I would have oh, loved to have seen their face. Well, they they dumped it. They, yeah. you know, that's what I they wonder thought. If, they if maybe they didn't look it. in that, if they didn't look in that trailer and see a spider web that said, Hey, these aren't your pigs. <laughs> <laughs> no word on if they recovered the spider. <laughs> no, no word on that. <laughs> no word on that. Beautiful. But it's something that is happening more and more often. These trucks are disappearing from shows and, and so on. It's, it is. Uh, it's a trend that is not very good. Jennifer, no. thank you so much for the update. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. See ya. You bet. That's Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Okay, it is free for all time. Coming up next, Jim Wiesmeyer, Mark Rucker, Davis Michelson, and me right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. It is time for the free-for-all. And, and unfortunately, we're not going to have Sean Haney with us today. Uh, he made me extremely jealous with a picture from south of the equator earlier uh -huh. this week, Davis. Uh -huh. South of the equator. He's looking at crops that are up and growing and looking good. Yep. Um, and then just a little bit ago, uh, shout out to Jay. He says, coming in loud and clear on the Caribbean. Need oh. to try a show at sea. I think that's a great idea. You know, uh, as I have it here in my notes, every day is speedo weather in the Caribbean. Yeah. I'm into yeah. it. I'm into Absolutely. it. I would do the show in a speedo. I would. <laughs> well, Absolutely. maybe that's a maybe that's a reason for us to stay right here in Northeast Iowa. Oh no, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, I don't want to deprive planet Earth of all yeah. this, amigo. All right. Well, let's bring in Jim Weismeyer, pro former policy analyst. I'm guessing that he's someplace where it's warm too. Jim, welcome. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, but you know, there's not a speedo big enough for me anymore. <laughs> you just aren't looking on the right websites, Jim. You get them stretchy. They're stretchy guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we've got Mark Recker. Mark, tell me you're dealing with this fresh snow like I am. Unfortunately, Chip, I am. Winter, winter is back. Yeah. So we had a little respite there for a while, and I envy those guys because I think being in the Caribbean is a much better alternative to the upper Midwest right now. Yeah, I think it definitely is. Mark, have you ever seen a snow with as much water in it as this one? It was a wet snow. We don't get oh. these very often. Um, but the good thing is kind of, since we get so much wind now that it really didn't blow around as much, but it was a lot more work to move this snow for sure. Oh, man, it, it, the, the hour and 15 minute job that I usually have in cleaning the lane and everything, uh, took close three hours yesterday because of, of how heavy it was and it's blue, blue snow. Uh, you can see the water in it. It's, it's crazy. How have you been, Mark? Well, doing great. Doing great. Just making my way through wintertime here, attending a lot of meetings, you know, trying yep. to re-educate or educate myself on some new things going on in the world of agriculture. So uh, it's always good to have that opportunity to, to do that before we dive back in once the yeah. weather warms up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt, man. Uh, well, stay tuned. We're going to we're going to get right back to you. One of the big issues that we're dealing with this week or that the government is having to deal with. And you know what? The government really isn't dealing with it yet. It's more the Treasury Department, isn't it, Jim? And that is the debt limit uh, and the extraordinary measures by the Treasury Department to keep the country running. What's the latest? Well, the latest is that, uh, yeah, as you said, they're taking extra, extraordinary measures. And that'll take us into uh, probably mid-June, maybe early July, Chip. It depends on these interest rates for the Fed. If they go up, so does our expenditures so yeah. but the key is what whether or not that you we can get a bona fide agreement without having to accede to the uh a group of uh, conservative house republicans who want some major spending reductions chip you know yeah. there's the there's the topic right there now do you think the you know a promise by some on the the left to take a bite out of out of government spending in the future will be enough to get that group that that can that i'd call it the group of 20 but i don't know if it's any bigger or smaller than that but i'm that's what i'm thinking about to get that group on the the far right to go along with raising the debt ceiling well if you watch the house speaker race the answer would be no it no. won't be yeah. uh, enough chip i think the things to watch out i'm looking at this topic to see whether or not we can have any bipartisanship uh this congress and the reason i say that is that there's a movement that just started that a group of moderate house republicans are starting to talk with the democrats yeah. for a discharge petition that would do an end around uh, this cutting of the, the spending chip. And so it's too early to, to, to predict on that. But uh, wouldn't that be something that it would, what, wouldn't be the conservatives in the Republican Party who worked out a deal? It would be the moderates. 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 Mark, what do you make of all this as you observe? Uh, you know, Chip, I just think it's unacceptable to hold the uh, credit of the United States hostage over this. I think this is no place to have these discussions. If you want to address the budget, you do it through the regular legislative process. But when you hear uh, terms like fiscal Armageddon that can take place if we default, uh, there is just too much at risk to have these arguments right here and there. You know, in this group that, that's doing this, all of a sudden they find their fiscal religion now 
when in 2016 to 2020, we increased the debt $8 trillion with uh, $5 trillion before COVID. So um, the timeliness of this is terrible. I think this needs to be addressed through the legislative process. And there are things that need to be addressed. I think you and I and Jim, we can all agree there's things, you know, our, our budget policy, our budget system here needs to be addressed to get some spending under control. But there's a lot better way to do this. Um, yeah. But I, what I find interesting also, Chip, is some of the things that they can do. And Jim mentioned one of them. But another one is uh, is minting a trillion dollar coin yeah. that could uh, help buy the government time. I'm not sure what to think of that or if that's a good idea. It uh, you you know I've I've obviously we uh, I've heard that as a potential. I'm not <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure what what that would solve. How does that change anything by printing that trillion dollar coin and depositing it at the Treasury Department, therefore giving them another trillion dollars to keep the to, to keep the the government running? Well, the beauty part about that is eventually down the road, <laughs> when we arrive at this same spot again, they say, hey, why don't we just print another coin? Yep. Nobody has yeah, to do yeah. anything. Boom. This is. This is the the whole thing behind the modern economic theory that you don't really worry about your debts. You just go ahead and print more money to to uh, service those debts. Yeah. And Chip, you know, and these are these are already uh, spending. This is already spending that's been agreed to over the past several years. So to argue about it now is ridiculous. Uh, we need to we need to pay our bills. That's just the way the sure. world works. That's the way you and I and everybody else functions. And you know the the value of United States debt around the world and to have something like this happen could just be uh, oh, yeah. a very a terrible situation. Yeah. No. The the last thing I want is to see the U.S. in default. Uh, but the conversation that is going to take and I, Jim, they're they're going to drag this out as long as they can, aren't they? Oh yes, unless yeah. that unless this discharge petition and that takes a while to happen, Chip. Even if that is the approach, but yeah, I mean, if the Republicans want to lose the House in 2024 after just regaining it, uh, this is the way to do it. Uh, yeah. It's just we've been through this in 2011, remember? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we don't need to go through the process again. There are other okay. ways. Okay, so I, I they're going to drag it out as far as they can, and I. You know, I, I've got to move forward with the assumption that somehow, some way, they are going to prevent a default, of a, a United States default. But that's what the market's signaling as well. Yeah, exactly. That, good point, Jim. Great point. Um, but in the meantime, the conversation that's going to happen around spending is a conversation that needs to happen, right? Oh, absolutely. And McCarthy, if he wants to be speaker for at least a couple of months, has to do that. And maybe there's a glide path that these conser- enough conservatives will agree to that on spending bills, there'll be a focus on cutting uh, spending because we have 12 appropriation bills uh, bills to do this task. Maybe that's an end around that yep. as well, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I hope that those in the GOP that are opposing the increase in the the debt limit really, really think this one through. There are ways that they can make their point. And you know what? Dang it. I find myself saying what I said when we were talking about the election of the speaker. 
okay? And I was like, boy, I hope they're really thinking about this. And as it turned out, dang, if we didn't have some really important conversations that need to happen. So, hey, you know what? I'm willing to have this for at least a month, uh, two months. Let's have the conversations around spending and, and things that need to be done. But then let's get things done so that we can so that we can move on. Mark, does that make sense? It does. It, it, well, you got to have the conversation, but you cannot hold up the process of raising the debt limit. It's just something that we have to do. I mean, yeah. it can't I, you can't terrorize this process. You can't use it uh, in, the, in the leverage as the way they're using it, because once again, it's normally not an issue to get it increased. Um, yeah. several years. Jim mentioned back in 2011 that it got as close as we ever have. And that had the impact of slowing down the recovery because of what happened. So it has really detrimental effects, even if you don't go all the way through with it, because well, you put the United States credit on shaky ground. Yeah. Chip, be yeah. careful what you wish for. They've given themselves to what, June, or isn't that right? Yeah. 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 You know, back in 2011, there was a downgrade in the rating for the United States, and there was a shutdown to the point that they shut down things like the the World War II Memorial, the Korean War Memorial, and, and things like that. National parks, they were shutting things down like that so mm-hmm. that the Obama administration could also make a point on spending. We're going to keep it going. Interest rates and a crop tour next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, let's start with corn because we had the big move to the upside on Tuesday and then just been giving it back. We're right back to where we ended last week now. Yeah, you know, I was hoping you'd start with hogs because I want to say they're higher, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, the, the corn market's just kind of sitting there, Chip, like you mentioned. Uh, big weekly export sales, uh, well above what was expected, and it's uh, producing very little uh, buyer interest in here this morning. Uh, part of that's because the soy complex is, is weaker. Uh, soybeans a little bit weaker along with meal and, and soy oil, so that's pulling to the downside. Uh, the flip side is that the wheat market's trading to the upside and, and uh, wheat export sales were also much stronger than anticipated, uh, though uh, the export pace for both uh, corn and, and wheat is uh, is dismal. Yeah. 
Yeah, very much. Uh, anything else in the grain markets that we we got to watch these rains that are in the forecast for Argentina, right? Yeah, so yeah. areas of Argentina got some pretty uh, solid rains overnight. Uh, those okay. are continuing uh, today and, and expected to last through kind of the weekend and, and then another wave next week. So uh, weather's improving, but uh, some of that crop has really been damaged and, and uh, they'll be too yeah. late uh, to help out. All right. Talk about these higher hogs before we can. Yeah, corrective buying. I mean, there's nothing else. Uh, the cash index continues to fall. And, and uh, so uh, this is just late week corrective buying ahead of the weekend after uh, another rough week in, in that marketplace. Uh, cattle market uh, trading to the upside as well. Uh, still waiting on active cash cattle trade. That's probably going to be disappointing again. Uh, but we do have the cattle on feed report coming up this afternoon. So a little bit of pre-report positioning. Gotcha. All right, Brian. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you again next week. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. It is a free-for-all here on AgriTalk. Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer, Iowa Farmer Mark Recker. And, of course, Davis Michelson and me. Uh, when we were talking about the debt ceiling and when exactly we will run out of time to to lift the debt ceiling, Jim mentioned interest rates. And the higher interest rates go right now, the shorter the time period because it takes more to service the debt. Well, Jim, we saw some evidence or some we, – we got some information this week that I think the market is starting to – pull back on expectations of of just how far interest rates are going to have to rise, right? Uh, Yes, uh, because we've seen a a difference of opinion between market traders and the Fed, but you saw the crash in the equities markets. Uh, That's your signal right there, Chip, that we may not get any any reduction in rates this calendar year. Right, right. Mark, we we talk – quite often on the farmer forum in particular about how the interest rates are changing um you know how how guys are having to operate and then davis had the in the news the report that let's see what was it 20 that farm loans are up about 20 percent than they were a year ago well not only is the 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 principal in that operating loan higher than what it was a year ago the interest rates are too it's changing the way that that guys have to farm it changes the uh, income statement dramatically uh, when you have uh, the interest impacts like we've had. And in uh, and going forward, you know, when you try and get get those operating loans done, it is a shock to the system to adjust to these new rates. Um, certainly not like the rates we had back in the 1980s, but, you know, we've had low rates for such a long time. You know, it's, it's an adjustment for, for growers to work with that, especially ones that aren't well capitalized. And, you know, the Fed has to, again, walk that uh, tightrope, you know, how do we make the right move so we don't put too much pressure on the brakes and, and throw us into recession. So it's a hard job. But like Jim said, you know, we're seeing signs that, you know, what they've been doing has been slowing things down. Unemployment, I think, um, is probably going to go up. We've seen some layoffs here. So hopefully uh, they can manage it right from this point forward and we yeah. can kind of get that off landing we're shooting for. Yeah. It, well, the, go ahead. We talked to David. Vince Malanga yesterday, LaSalle Economics. Chip, I'm sure yeah. you remember. You were there. Oh, yeah. I was uh, there. You know, his comment is sort of tongue in cheek, sort of not. 
uh, the Fed always turns a blind eye until they don't. Um, it, it, and he he highlighted that there's a risk that the Fed just goes too far with all this. Well, yeah, because of their their tendency to look backwards at some of the data rather than yep. what is happening right now and looking forward and using some analysis and going forward. And the data that they're looking at backwards is the jobs market. And until the Fed see what they've been saying anyway, Fed Chairman Powell, what he's been saying is until we see a slowdown in the jobs, a tightening of the jobs market, it it's going to be difficult to get inflation under control, and therefore interest rates are going to be going higher. So, yeah, it's something that, that we're going to have to watch going forward, no doubt about that. Uh, but the expectations right now for the January 31 Feb 1 FOMC meeting, quarter point increase in the Fed funds rate coming out of that. Okay, Jim, I, we talked about it a little bit last week on the free-for-all when you weren't here, and I want to talk about it again right now, and, and that is the classified documents that have shown up in three different locations uh, for that, that, President, that now President Biden uh, has, has stored some of these documents. But the, the thing is, he was vice president when those documents ended up where they're at. The thing that I pointed out last week, and I'm going to point it out again right now because it's even more true than it was last Friday, is that the mainstream media is not ignoring this. They are pursuing information on this, and they want answers. Uh, yes, and uh, Debbie Stabenow, the you know Senate Ag Committee chairwoman, was asked uh, this question or this topic uh, Sunday on, I think she was on Meet the Press, and she just called it embarrassing for the president uh, to have been caught with this because of what his comments uh, were uh, on uh, former President uh, Donald Trump. Right. Uh, it's it's still unfolding. It's still unfolding. So we don't know how many documents and what type of documents they were. Uh, either way, this town eventually has to come to grips with that topic, too. There's way too many things. That are cl- that are classified when they really shouldn't be. Okay, okay, um, I'll take that. As, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. What What are your thoughts on this, Mark? So you would think that with the handling of sensitive material, that there would be a better process for removing the documents, returning the documents. You know, at high levels of classification, the president has access to documents and probably take them different places. But you would think there would be a better process for tracking that to make sure all documents are returned, first of all. Uh, secondly, um, the AG the, or the Justice Department is doing the right thing by looking into this and hired the spe- or put the special counsel in place to look into it. That's the right thing to do. And it is embarrassing for President Biden. Uh, on this, but it's not the same as what they went through with President Trump either. President Trump refused to return documents for a year and a half to the National Archives and, um, you know, had to had a subpoena that was ignored and then had the raid. So it's the cases yep. are somewhat different. But at the end of the day, um, they need to investigate both of them and, and find out the salute, find out the answers to both of them and to the satisfaction yep. of the American people. Yeah. And another thing that makes it different, and I mentioned it, is these are documents that now President Trump took and put someplace else when he was vice president. They are documents from the Obama administration. See, so that makes it that, different, too. Yeah, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> well, here, here's an ag perspective on this one. 
we can trace cattle and hogs, but we can't trace important documents. So well, we've got the technology to do this. Yeah, but yeah. you can't eat documents, Jim. You can't eat yeah. documents. <laughs> That's right. It, it's boy. It, it's going to impact the the 2024 presidential races, and Jim. I mean, I know that we're going to have a Republican primary. Is there going to be a Democrat primary? Because in part because of of these documents. No, I I don't think it'll have much political impact, Jeff. I just don't think you go into the voting booth saying, you know, I'm going to vote either for or against this person because of that topic. I I just don't see it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll see how it all develops. What about this? Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so I guess I think what this probably does for, for the Republican side, it gives them the opportunity to say, see, your guy did it too, so it's not a big deal, right? Well, I think that's what it is. It's an equalizer a little bit, saying it's, it's, it's all the issues all over the place. It's not just with uh, a particular candidate well, or a particular uh, past Mark, president. So, Mark, I, I'd almost guarantee that George Bush, that, oh, that, that Barack Obama are scrambling their teams right now, saying, listen, if there's <laughs> anything out there, sweep them up and let's burn them. Because I'm sure that they've all done it. I'm sure they have. It, it's well, I know just, I, checked my, I checked my garage. Did you? Next year, <laughs> next year Corvette? Yeah. yeah. I found yeah. some things that I had lost, so I'm glad it happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I believe him. Now that he said that he threw that little bit on there, now I believe he's actually out in the garage checking things out. Crazy. I found some Casey's pizza wrappers out by my pacer in the garage. I don't know if that counts for anything or not, but that's what I found. No, that's just evidence that you are living large. (laughs) Here's some history, Chip. President Nixon started this because you you really didn't have rules and regulations, and he took more than a few papers, and then that's when Congress got into the act and actually wrote it into legislation. Okay. Mm. All right. Mark, is it acceptable to you that the Supreme Court just came out and said, listen, we can't find the leak, so we're just going to move forward? So they have access to the best investigative process, investigative tools in in America, in the world, and they come up with a a goose egg on this one. Not. I, I don't buy it, Chip. I, I they've, there has to be more to the story than that. I don't want it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm really not. But you know, just think that they should be able to come up with uh, with how this happened. Yeah, I fight the urge to be a conspiracy theorist on on things like this too, um, which means find the answer. I'm with you, Mark. Find the answer one way or another. Fire them all. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> I but absolutely Jim, find reject. the answer. I reject that term conspiracy theorist. I think it's been demonized and it's a way to put a bucket on top of free thought. No, no, no. You can't think about that because you're a weirdo if you do. Really? Why shouldn't I think about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jim, do you accept this as an answer? Uh, I actually do. Uh, What came out of this report is that a number of uh, individuals who worked there said they admitted that they talked about it with their family with their members. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And you know, that opens the possibility of just expanded uh, talking uh, yeah. about it. So that should be solidified now too. So 
But uh, I think they had the methods to find out if they could. So I'm going to trust them on this one. Okay. I think Mark Mark may started off with a great point. The the best investigative tools available in the world, and they've stopped short. They decided to stop on this investigation. If they would pursue it, you they would be able to figure it out. And this is something that for just just for the ability of um, of the average American citizen to trust anything coming out of D.C., we need the answer. Yeah, and this yep. also happened, I think, during the COVID lockdown at the uh, at the Supreme Court, Chip. So that could have been a reason as well. Uh, I think it's horrible. I think we need the answer. Okay, a um, little bit on the 2024 race. Jim's been on the road. I want to figure out what he's been learning then let's wrap it up with a fertilizer conversation. That's next year on Agri. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Do you suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. All right, we are going to wrap up the free-for-all. Pro-Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer, Iowa Farmer Mark Recker, Davis Michelson, and me. Um, okay, let's jump right into it. And, and I want to do this one first. You know, it's just like Jelly of the Month Club here. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Mark. WOTUS is back in the in the spotlight uh, with with several groups filing suit against EPA and the latest final rule. Uh, Waters of the U.S., what do you make of it? You just can't get tired of talking about it, can we, Chip? Yeah. Um, I always look forward to this. But, you know, going back a long time, you know, ultimately what we in agriculture need, and this actually they still allow for agricultural exemptions with this, but still need clarity with that. And it always goes back to EPA, the lines should be that they can regulate navigable waters. And beyond that, when it's such a gray area, that impacts a lot of farms because a lot of farms are in areas where it's wet, then it's not, there's water running, then there's not. So a lot of livestock farms, a lot of crop farms. So there just needs to be clarity with that. And there isn't with this, thus the lawsuit. Yep, yep. And that's what we had was was you know the the federal uh, role was limited to navigable waters jim right do we have jim jim unmute yourself are you, there he is are you there jim 
ah, we're working with to get Jim back on here. But that's what we had. And then we got this change that rever- reverted back to like 2015, Obama era, uh, final rule on, on the waters of the U.S. It's, uh, yeah, we, we talked about it with Ethan Lane from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association just yesterday. I thought it was a great conversation with, with Ethan. And Mark, kind of the bottom line that I got from it was if you settle this once and for all, it's one more item that you can't argue about anymore. So I don't, hopefully the Supreme Court decision in the middle of June, if it isn't leaked by April, <laughs> uh, but this uh, Supreme Court decision, hopefully that will settle things once and for all. Hopefully it will. Hopefully we'll get to the point where we can wrap this discussion up uh, for a long time. Uh, but it, it's unfortunate. It's frustrating because, you know, as ag groups, we got so many other things to focus on. Uh, that we have to go back to the table, go back to the fight uh, on this particular policy this with the EPA. Um, so hopefully the Supreme Court can, can get us to some sort of conclusion where it's satisfactory to agricultural groups. Right. Jim, I think you're back now, aren't you? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sure can. So, okay. yeah. Otis, we just got to wait for the Supreme Court decision before we should have waited for the Supreme Court decision on this one, right? Yeah, they should have waited. Yeah. Uh, and, and I told every farm group that I've spoken to the last uh, two weeks that just wait until sometime in June when the Supreme Court issues their ruling, period. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Jim, you're out on the road. What have you been learning this week? Well, there's been some vomitoxin in northwest Ohio and a little further south. I don't think it's widespread, but they've been docked to 50 cents or more. Uh, second one is I'm in Arizona now at a Tecma meeting, and there's a couple people from Brazil here who know the score, and they tell me that the Argentine soybean crop has been negatively impacted more than the consensus estimates, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the feeling that that uh, Argentine bean crop is somewhere south of 40 million metric tons, I th- it's being talked about more and more. We're actually going to have on Monday morning, we are going to have a conversation with the director of Ag Resource uh, Group's Brazilian office on the show to talk about their uh, about the Ag Resource tour through Mato Grosso. So, be some good information there. And Dan Bossi, Ag Resource Group, has has been up on the Argentine situation, and he's kind of been leading the way to the downside there on on that Argentine bean crop estimate. So. It makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference to the balance sheets. No question about that. Um, Mark, okay, WOTUS. It's one thing that's kind of getting in the way of of preparing for a farm bill debate, in my opinion, because the the commodity groups, farm organizations, should be focused on doing what they can to get this farm bill done this year, and that means educating a whole lot of congressmen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new congressmen there and a lot that have no familiarity with agriculture, much less um, how a farm bill comes comes about. So huge lift on that. You know, we have good leadership on the Ag Committee with G.T. Thompson and David Scott there, both the chair and the ranking member that, you know, can give good guidance and hopefully get it through Ag Committee. But heck of an educational effort because you have to understand how our title, all the titles work together with SNAP to get the whole thing done. You have the SNAP title in there to get that all done. 
And usually it ends up happening, but with this Congress, once it hits the floor, it's it's really hard to tell if we can get her all done. Yeah, and Jim, the price tag on the farm bill is going to be the big issue for some in the GOP, isn't it? Well, it'll be over a trillion dollars for the life of the bill, and that's the first time ever over a trillion dollars, Chip. And second, I've got to get back to Representative uh, Thompson, because I think he once earlier he told me that the food and nutrition title will be the last one that he deals with, and I think that may be a mistake. I think they should do that first, because once you get, because up to 85% of all spending in Farm Bill is food and nutrition. Once you get that out of the way, it's not easy, but it's easier to go through Title I and other aspects of the bill. I think what he's worried about there is striking a deal on the nutrition title, going through everything else, and then having some back out of the deal that he thought he struck. Well. I just—I I guess I have more faith than most people. Well, <laughs> I want to strike a deal. Get it on paper. Get it on well, paper. Get it on paper is right, but I don't think that stops them from saying, well, but you know what? I didn't know you were going to do that over there on conservation. You didn't tell me yeah. about that. Okay, so my vote is gone. Conservation shouldn't be that much of a problem because you remember well, last year they put an additional $20 billion into conservation that's spending. That's right. That's right. Mark, there's no doubt that we're going to have a lot to talk about in the year ahead, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. That is Iowa former Mark Recker, pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Travel safe, bud. We'll talk to you next week. Sure. All right. And, of course, Davis Michelson. Davis is going to stick around for this afternoon when we have a conversation. Oh, no, you're not. You're not sticking around for this. I got to go ride some fences. Yeah. Great. Have have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Jim Bauer, Bauer Trading on Agritalk this afternoon.